Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. If you are into conversations that are habitually disruptive, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the Speakeasy Edition. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the Speakeasy Edition. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk like that the whole time. But uh, hi, I'm Blake, the girl named Blake, as I've known online. And this is the first episode of a new segment that we are introducing to the Crappy Christian multiverse. Right now, it is only on audio. Our hope and our dream is to get it up on video and YouTube in the very near future, but we were kind of just ready to get this thing rolling, so we're going to roll. We originally were going to start a whole new podcast called The Speak Easy with this whole premise of free speech is in prohibition and freedom is in prohibition and we need to talk about these things and everything in between just kind of to be a different, a little bit of a different vibe. It's going to be, I think, mostly just me and you. I do plan to interview a few people that maybe they just don't quite fit up in the Confessions of a Crappy Christian traditional lineup, but it's conversations that I'm excited to introduce. So I hope that you enjoy the conversations that take place. I hope that they spur on and create conversations in your life and in your world and in ours. And look, here's the great news. If this is not your thing, if you're not interested in hearing from me more, since I typically try to let you know my guests lead on episodes because I think that's what good podcasters do and it's what I've learned to do. If you're not really interested in hearing more from me and you're here for the stories that people have to tell, like you don't need to tune out. You'll just tune in the same way you do every week. And then on Wednesdays, this episode will drop and you can skip it. And then you can just go back and listen to the next episode. Nothing is going to change for you which I love. Like I love that about the whole setup that we, we're not changing anything. We're just adding. So if you are into conversations that are habitually disruptive and are actually what I've found to be like a little bit deconstructive, but not deconstructive in a destructive way, it's deconstructing and rebuilding And like, it's almost like as you rebuild these things that you were taught that like aren't true, you're able to meet that with truth because like God is a good God that gives good gifts to his kids. And that gift is sometimes wisdom. It's just cool. Like that's been my journey really. I would say the last two years, maybe three years, which I know is not very long, but The last two or three years have been deconstructing and reconstructing. And then we'll like move on to the next thing. Okay. Deconstruct what really the world taught you, what teachers and preachers and pastors and leaders taught you. And like, let's rebuild it with what God says, which 
there are teachers and leaders and preachers out there preaching what God says. It's about getting underneath them, you know, which uh, we've been really lucky to do in the last five years. And like I said, it's a, as a result of that has been some decon and reconstruction like together. Um, you know, this has always been a space for hard conversations and necessary conversations. And it's important to me to continue to use my platform to platform those stories. But also, I have thoughts too, and I'd like to share them. And that's what we're going to do. Here's the thing about choosing to talk about hard things, be it theologically, politically, culturally, personally, you are committing to being okay with being misunderstood. And please don't hear me like being a martyr because I'm not. I'm saying if you really believe in something on either end of the spectrum, you are making the decision that I'm okay with it if people don't agree with me. And I'm okay with it if people not only don't agree with me, but like can't stomach what I have to say. I am okay enough that it's okay if you're not okay with me. (laughs) I know that's a lot of okays, but hopefully that makes sense. And I don't mean that in a like internet world way. That applies absolutely, but this applies in real life. I mean, I unfortunately agree now with the sentiment that we are more divided than ever. I think, again, politically, theologically, culturally, and personally, we are divided. And I do think some of that is due to people moving along a spectrum into more extreme areas. But something I tell myself often in this season is it's okay if they don't understand across the board. I know. That probably makes some people's skin crawl. Like, oh, no, it's not actually. And I get that because I've lived that way, I think, my whole life. <laughs> but you know, be it friends, be it family, be it churches, be it online, be it in my work, even, you know, in any of my relationships, it's okay if you don't understand. It's okay. Like, I still really, really love you, like a lot. And I cherish you and I value you and I know that you are made in God's image and I can see that in you. All of that is true and we can disagree. I think that's such a lost art. I am guilty in that of being closed-minded and not being genuinely incapable of being able to listen to people that I disagreed with. It, I just, I couldn't, I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't find it necessary. And I'm not even actually saying that I think it's some like global necessity. I think we'd be a little bit better off. But I've just recently, like this year, started following people that I disagree with online. I've always done life with people I disagree with. We just talk about other things. We hang out and we love each other and we don't talk about politics. And like, We talk about theology and we talk about life and we talk about personal struggles. That's just not one of the things we talk about. And we know that we disagree. And if it comes up, we disagree cordially and we move on. But online, that doesn't exist a whole lot. I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know if you've noticed. It's definitely there. There's definitely people doing it. There are people doing it really well, leading the way. But I don't think we could, any of us could honestly say that it is the majority. I think that's a fair statement. Listening to people you disagree with is so fascinating. 
when your security isn't built on your political or theological beliefs. Like when your security is in Jesus, your theological beliefs can be challenged and you can meet that with curiosity and interest that only ends up shoring up what you already have. It only strengthens it in the end. But you can meet those conversations with like interest and curiosity rather than defensiveness. And I don't do this perfectly. I'm not saying that. And I know I'm going to probably use that qualifier a million times in this episode because people have such a tendency to take one thing that you say and be like, oh, um, I'm sorry. What, did you graduate from the College of Jesus? Where's your source? And I get that because people can be like total ding-dongs online. But you, we can talk about things and not be like, hey, I'm the expert on this. Like we can also show up in vulnerability and tell stories and share our thoughts and it just be that. Like this is not a how-to podcast. <laughs> it really is never meant to be. These episodes certainly will not be. This is not a five quick steps to X, Y, Z. It was never meant to be. I don't think it ever has been. These episodes certainly won't be. It's coming all like literally coming up alongside you and saying, hey, I don't know. Like I, I've got questions and there are things that I believe differently than I did five years ago. And maybe God is bigger and better than we have ever thought. And I don't know. Do you want to talk about it? You want to figure it out together? That's what this is. Okay. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This won't be for everybody because I'm not going to be for everybody because I don't think any of us were meant to be for everybody. That's a ridiculous standard to hold one another to. That I need to be for everybody? Everybody needs to agree with everything I say? Huh. Uh, I've tried it, okay? I tried it out. It's terrible. Do not recommend. Let's skip that, okay? Let's go straight to finding our security and our identity in Jesus Christ. And there being some things that are up for conversation and there being some things that are not, okay? Salvation, it's not up for debate for me. There are not multiple ways to God. I wish there were because I wish everybody knew him. But there aren't multiple ways to God. There's one and it's Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's hard to... You can get down in the Greek of that one and it's still, it still pretty much translates. And I think that there are some things in scripture that are up for debate. I think that the current teachings of them lack context and historical clarity. And those are the things theologically that I am really excited to talk about. I also am excited to introduce more political content here, which is something that I very much have stayed away from doing 
even as my Instagram presence went more and more into being in the political world, we kept Confessions of a Crappy Christian pretty free and clear. It will mostly stay that way. I do have a few upcoming episodes recorded, like our normal interview style with pastors that I really love and admire who are, in my opinion, doing a good job of leading their flock and not pretending like the political issues of today do not exist. And I appreciate about that about them. And so I interviewed both of them for the show. So those, should, those episodes will come out traditionally and you can listen to them or you can not listen to them. But there are some things that come up from time to time in, I don't know what you would call it, political commentating that I'm just a little more long-winded about because I'm more passionate about them. Um, I probably could have used this outlet during Roe versus Wade because I it sometimes it's just difficult to funnel long-form content through Instagram. It's nearly impossible, to be honest. So I'm excited to have a space like this to where something, when something monumental like this summer happens, I have a place to come and share the things that I think and hopefully give language and words and education and facts and statistics to the things that you believe, right? And shore them up, like make them, make them hardier or... If you disagree, the hope is that you walk away from our time together understanding how someone who is different than you arrived at a different conclusion than you and understanding that to a degree, but still being and believing what you believe. The further I get into this internet world, which it, I mean, it is a whole world of its own, I will say, I mean, we'll talk about that too. But the more I do this, the more that I learn that what I want to do is take people from being mildly interested in this Jesus conversation or on the fringes of the church and giving you a place to come ask your questions and wrestle with things and not feel like you have to have it all perfectly together in order to be worthy of his love. There are plenty of conversations, in my personal opinion, being, being had about changed behavior. And while I do absolutely believe that fruit is important and is something that you should see in the life of a believer as they grow and as they mature, this is a hot take, but I don't think changed behaviors are the most important thing. I think it's changed hearts because changed hearts is where changed behavior comes from. Try to change the heart with behavior, it will never work. So, those conversations are being had. What I'm interested in talking about is how does our heart change? And if I've been given a new heart, right? So, if we have Jeremiah 17 9 telling us that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, and then we have 2 Corinthians 5 17. Telling us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Then that means that the heart that is referenced in Jeremiah 17, 9 has passed away and the new has come. So yes, my heart was wicked and deceitful. And 
that narrative is not wrong. It's my friend Amanda Pittman said on my show once, it is not wrong. It is just incomplete that sin made our hearts deceitful and the cross and crucifixion and resurrection made our heart new. We are no longer deceitful and wicked and depraved. That is such good news. Or it should be. It should be such freeing news. But I know when I first encountered this take, <laughs> I guess I'll say, I didn't it did not feel comfortable. I did not like the idea that I wasn't wicked and depraved. That felt more comfortable than a narrative that says, hey, you're good. God not only loves you, he likes you, thinks he did a good job with you. Big fan. Thinks you're doing a great job out there. Killing it. Got some areas you could tighten up and we, we're going to work together on that. Us through you for our glory. That narrative freaked me out, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. And Five years in, I would say I'm a lot more comfortable with it and therefore at peace with myself. And when I'm at peace with myself, I'm not at war with myself. I have been reconciled. These questions that I've really had my whole life but just didn't think they were okay to ask started kind of rising up in me and opened the opportunity to have some really incredible conversations with God and dig into his word more intentionally and deeply than I probably ever have. And also to engage in really cool, life-giving conversations in real life around the dinner table about things on a range, right? From when does life begin, you know, if if that's the popular conversation that's being had, all the way down to something like submission and women preaching and teaching, you know, and all being able to disagree and see things differently and have, but just have really cool conversations about it. I have gotten to experience how life-giving that is. And I want to try to create a space online where that can exist. That really was the heart of Confessions of a Crafty Christian when it started four years ago was I needed more conversations that were messy and not in like that curated messy way. You know, I needed, I needed to talk about mental illness really, really bad. I needed to talk about postpartum. I needed to talk about hating being a mom when my littles were super, super little and the postpartum was just piled on top of postpartum and I could barely see straight. I needed someone having those conversations. And I was just talking with a colleague in the Christian creator space about her show started two years before mine did even. And I remember I was listening to her show at the time because she's very real and very raw. And I remember listening to it when it started and being like, there need to be more voices like this. And just, I guess, in the end, deciding to become one. So if Confessions of a Crappy Christian was birthed out of something in real life, then that's what the speakeasy is as well. The speakeasy is getting to sit around, sit around a pool with a beer, with two other sets of couples while our kids swim in between us and completely disagree with interpretations of the Constitution 
of books of the Bible, of theological concepts, completely disagree and have these really incredible conversations, learn what people believe and learn more about what you believe, or I know this is going to be really taboo, change your mind. And I know I said this is not a change your mind, and it's not. I'm not coming to the table trying to convince you or change your mind. But I am going to warn you that a symptom of beginning to have these conversations in real life or online may be changing your mind. I'm here to tell you that I have changed my mind on some things in the last three years, two years. I have changed my mind on so many things. Things like the little pokey, poke things, the the word that you can't say now. Or tithing, substances, friendship. What does love actually look like? The difference between marriage and civil unions. I've changed my mind on racial issues. I've changed my mind on theological issues, on things like grace and law. I've changed my mind about medicine and treatment and mental health and mental illness. Two years ago, this time, I was on six pharmaceutical medications to treat four different diagnoses at the time. I am now down to one of them and hoping in the new year to attempt to wean off of that one as well and just use natural supplements and things that grow out of the ground to not... (laughs) Here's the crazy thing, not just make it through the day, but thrive and flourish and use my gifts to the most of their ability and capacity. Changing your mind isn't always a bad thing. Just like I don't think that changing as a person is always a bad thing. I think it can be. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. (laughs) Or sometimes it's just different. Sometimes it's not even a bad thing. Sometimes it's you watch someone that's been in your life for a long time go through a change and into a new season and you don't fit in that season. And yeah, it kind of sucks a little bit, but it's also okay because you're okay because you're secure in Jesus. There's this picture that I love and I can never find the, the artist to credit, but it's these two just line drawings, people next to each other, kind of just the outline of them. And one of them is colored in a little bit. And then the other one is colored in and has flowers coming out of it and all this kind of stuff. And the two figures are speaking to one another. And the less colorful, I guess, one says, you've changed. And the other one says, you're supposed to. And I realized that that is not always the case. But sometimes it is. And sometimes it's really cool to witness in other people's life or in your own. That change can sometimes include changing your mind, changing the way you approach things, changing the way that you dialogue with people. You can change from being a little bit more aggressive and on the offensive to being curious. Have you ever watched Ted Lasso? I haven't actually watched it, but I have binged the clips that are on TikTok or Instagram so much that I feel like pretty much I've pieced it together. But also at the same time, I know I'm massively missing out. But I want to play this one clip for you just really quick because I think, God, I think this just hits it. You know, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day I was driving my little boy to school and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was, 
painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. So I get back in my car and I'm driving to work and all of a sudden it hits me. All them fellas that used to belittle me, not a single one of them were curious. You know, they thought they had everything all figured out and so they judged everything and they judged everyone. And I realized that they're underestimating me. Who I was had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> if they were curious, they would ask questions. Yeah. Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? which I would have answered, yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father from age 10 to I was 16 when he passed away. Barbecue sauce. I have been on both sides of that analogy at this point in my life, and I can tell you in full confidence that I like it much better on the curious side than the one that is judgmental. And I am currently in the process of putting down some of my armor that I self-made or that other people helped create and replacing things like closed-mindedness and defensiveness with things like truth and salvation. And that has allowed me to have so many more really incredible conversations that I am looking forward to facilitating here. So just wanted to kind of start us off on the right foot with all of us having realistic and hopefully very similar expectations and ideas. I have no idea what or if this is going to turn into. It could stay a really cool segment that I get to do once a week and I'm sure there will be no lacking of things for me to say. But I just want to be obedient and I want to talk about these things and I want you to get the opportunity to talk about them as well. So next week, I will see you right here and we will take on our first controversial subject. I feel like this is the best thing we could have started on. It's uh, Christians and cannabis. And can Christians take part in the use of cannabis in any capacity? medicinally, recreationally, what does it mean? What have we been taught about this? What's the history of that? And where does that land us today? So hopefully you'll join us next week to talk about that. Okay, I love you. Bye.